All right, all right. Welcome to the underground and place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Where the word of God takes you to places where the unseen is at, where there may be a void in your life, where darkness is covering the earth, where the foundation is being laid, where growth is beginning to happen, where the seeds from God's word is being sowed, where repentance started. It's the underground. And who am I? I'm just a voice of one calling out saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Thank you guys for uh, coming out tonight. And thank you guys, whoever listening around the world. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate your ear. It's been, a, uh, you know, we halfway through the week. So I hope y'all getting through the week, man. Let me chop it up with y'all for a little bit before we get into this worry, man. See how y'all doing and everything. You know, I hope everybody doing good. I hope you took your nutty professor hands this morning and gave God the thanks. Yeah. I hope when you uh, rolled over and got out the bed this morning, I hope you weren't complaining about being so tired. I hope you weren't complaining about the house that you was in. I hope you wasn't complaining about the job you had to go to. But before you did all that, I hope you praised God just for another day. Another day to probably be with your husband. Another day to probably be with your wife. Another day to probably pick up your kids. Another day to probably play with your kids. Another day to probably uh, take an Instagram picture. Another day to friend request somebody on Facebook. You had another day to do those things. And that there, we ought to give God the thanks for it. Do me a favor, everybody. Uh, let me know if you hear me good. Let me know if you hear me good. Go to the chat box and let me know if you hear me good before I get started. Okay, okay. Somebody said, okay, I like that. I don't, why? You know, I'm young, so I don't know. I'm old. I don't understand. <laughs> it's a why. And I hear good. Okay, okay. That's good for me. You know, I got to get hip to these. Uh, tech savvy things you know when people be putting can hear great okay okay that's good that's good all right do me one more favor too take some that 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 in the chat what you thankful for for the day go ahead do that for me go ahead do that for me so i can name some so we can get a sweeter armor of of praise and worship and it can probably reach god knows tonight i'm thankful for jesus okay already being thankful for jesus i ain't mad at that that's a good one right there you know jesus don't get that much credit these days we gotta start yeah you know, saying his name more say my name say my name when no one is around yeah we can start saying his name more straight up I'm thankful for my family. Okay. I iPhone I-49 said they thankful for their family. Who's I-49? Go ahead. Say your name so I can uh, go ahead and give a shout out to you. You know? Oh, this uh so Jalene. Okay, where you from, Jalene? <laughs> 
Jalene from Houston already. Okay, okay. Already, we got Anthony and Teresa in here. Where y'all from? Where y'all from? This high is going to be in the future. So I'm just going ahead and practicing, you know. I'm going to have to be talking to everybody, you know. That's where the underground going. San Antonio. Okay, we got San Antonio open here. That's what's up, man. I like that. God word, you know, traveling. God word, hitting the underground. Underground railroad. You feel me? Oh, we got some. Okay, let's see. All right, all right. Already. Uh, my boy, uh, Corey Carlos. All right, man. Hey, dr dropping. Let us know where you at right now, Corey Carlos. Let us know where you at. Welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God. Six feet underground. Before you go six feet underground, drop some in the chat and let me know where you at, so I can give a shout out to where you at. Just doing something a little different today, getting some practice on. Y'all gonna be my guinea pigs. You feel me? Well, yeah, man. Work. Uh, where you at at work? What what city you in? We appreciate you being here. ATL. Okay. Okay. The word of God, the underground traveling ATL. Okay. Okay. Shorty. Oh, <laughs> already. Yeah. We'll let all the shorties know out there in ATL, the underground on. You feel me? Let them know they need to come to this underground. Tell them from Bankhead to all the way to um, wherever, wherever out there. Let them know they need to hit this underground, though. Mm-hmm. Already for real. All right. So before I got a couple of things we're gonna talk about. We just go uh freestyle through the Bible a little bit. A couple of topics that I want to touch on. And look here, I know I say this every week. Okay. Who who can guess what I'm about to say? Real quick. Who can guess what I'm about to say? Let me see. <laughs> I know I say this every week. For, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm always thankful for my wife, but I always say something right here and there. I won't be long. I promise y'all. I'm I'm going to try not to be long. I, I'm really going to try to respect y'all time. You know what I'm saying? I know y'all got some things y'all got to do, places y'all got to be, people y'all got to see. You know what I'm saying? But uh, before you uh say, partner, before you go get that ounce... Mm -hmm. Before you go pick up that dub, before you go pick up that dime, go ahead and listen to uh, the word of God real quick. I know you busy. I know you got to go hit a lick. I know you got somebody you need to go see. She waiting on you. But before you do that, player, can you listen to this word of God real quick? Huh? Say, young woman, I know y'all about to go out probably. Y'all got VIP sessions waiting on y'all. Y'all got somebody waiting to just splurge on y'all. But before you do that, can you take a couple of minutes and listen to this word? Because this might be your last time that you get to hear that. You know, I know we busy. I know we got a lot of stuff we got to do, man. We getting ready for the summer. I know you may got to go to the gym. I know you got to go make that money. But before all of that, can you listen to this word real quick? 
Let me give y'all a chance to go to Luke 18. I want to start there. Luke 18. I just read this, this uh, God dropped this in my spirit on the way home. And I was like, oh, I, I want to read this real quick. And put yourself in either one of these uh, particular people and see which one you is. Who are you? Which one are you in this story? All right. All right. Luke 18 and verse 9. So Jesus, he was already, he already been talking to the disciples. He already told them a story about the parable of the persistent widow, which that's the story about a widow who just kept uh, asking for justice. And God was uh, showing us that, hey, if we continue to come to God, praying and praying and never giving up, hey, that thing that you waiting for, that thing that you looking for, if you are persistent with it, it can happen for you. Okay. You stop praying about a thing after two nights. You stop praying about it. You didn't gave up on God after a year because you didn't get your way in a year. You didn't get what you wanted in a year. But here was a persistent widow who kept coming to it. And it said it was a judge who didn't fear God and didn't care about people like that. But because she was so persistent, and what she wanted. He gave up and said, look, let me do what I got to do for this person because she's getting on my nerves. Are you getting on God's nerves? You need to start getting on God's nerves with what you're trying to do, what you're trying to get. Get on his nerves. Knock on his door day and night. Be persistent with your prayers when it comes to God. See, if you're able to forget what you want to pray for, let me tell you something. I got a news flash for you. It wasn't that serious to begin with. If you was able to forget it, to pray for it that day. See, when, when it's constantly on your heart, when it's constantly in the front of your mind, you ain't going to forget to pray about that. You ain't going to forget to ask God to deliver you from this anger demon. You ain't going to forget to ask God to deliver you from this complaining demon. You ain't going to forget to ask God to deliver you from this lust demon, this bondage that you're in. When it's serious, you have to be persistent and it'll break down resistance. You feel me? But that ain't what I'm talking about. I just wanted to, that's what he was talking about at first to the disciples. You see, he got up early in the morning talking good game to his disciples. He was feeding. See, these were the words that was first coming out of his mouth early in the morning. He was feeding people's souls. Are you doing that? Well, I don't have a ministry. I don't got no. Are you feeding people around you? Whoever you got around you, are you feeding their souls? Do they get fed from you? Peter, are you feeding his sheep? Because that's what Jesus did. He was feeding his sheep every day. Now, verse 9, Luke 18 and verse 9. It says, then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. See, this is a story about those who have this confidence in the way they act. 
They have this confidence in their own moral code. He about to strip you down from all that real quick with this story. In just a couple of verses, in five verses, he about to strip you real quick. He about to strip you from Holy Week. He about to strip you from your Ash Wednesdays. He about to strip you of your constantly fasting. He gonna strip you of all that thinking it's your righteousness. He told, so two men went to the temple to pray. So we got two people, right? They both go into the temple and pray. So they both have this outside of a religious uh, lifestyle because they both go into the temple and pray. So they both would say, okay, they go to church on Sunday. Let's put it like that. They both go to church. Okay. So can't tell them apart right now because they both at church. They both got suits on. They both got dresses on. They both got heels on. They both got their Bibles. So you really can't tell. All right, the difference. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. So one was one of these, I guess, you know, he, he had clout. You know, the Pharisees, let's be real. I know Jesus banged on them a lot, but according to the people, they was those dudes. They had clout. You know, they was like the religious leaders of the day. They would have had... uh. They would have had uh, mega churches, basically, if they had it going on like that. Yeah, they would have wrote a lot of books. You feel me? They probably would have had a lot of TV shows or they probably would have had a lot of people uh, uh, coming to their uh, church and asking for prayer and all that because they had that type of clout. That's what the Pharisees had doing them day. And that's who Jesus used to bang on constantly. OK, and then there was a despised tax collector. Now, back in that day, tax collectors, they was looked at as people who cheated people out of their money. Same thing with people these days, with tax people, they be cheating people or they be getting, you know how they be scheming and doing certain things. We know what they do, right? That's how they was back in the day. So they had a certain disdain on they, uh, they, 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 they character, I would say. People looked at them like, oh, them people right there, they, they kind of despise those type of people. All right. Verse 11, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. OK, so the Pharisee stood by himself. He in the temple of God and he's standing by himself and he begins to pray. So still, he looks like a religious man. He's by himself in the temple of God and he's praying. He looks devout. He looks like a good man. Matter of fact, typically, typically, that's the type of man that women would settle down with, that type of man right there, because he's going to church, he's praying. You know, he has respect, right? A lot of people respect him, has a good position, has a good title. You know, that's the type of man you want to be with, right? Okay, let's, but we're going to look at their heart, though. We're going to look at their heart. He stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. He sounds deep. He sounds like he's thankful. 
So what's wrong with this man? I I, I like him, right? I, that's a cool guy. That's somebody I want to follow. This is why it's so important to see the hearts of man. This is why it's so important to ask God to help me discern the hearts of man. It's so easy to get be deceived by actions. It's so easy to be deceived by words, by the sound of a prayer. I'm sure he sounded very educated while he was praying. I'm sure he sounded very spiritual while he was praying. He's a Pharisee. I'm sure he sounded very deep. And then he says, he thanked God. And then he began to say that I'm not like other people. He began to tell God, I'm glad that I'm not like them cheaters. I'm glad I'm not like them sinners, them adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. So he's in church, in the temple of God, praying, but judging while he's praying. His spirit is all off while he's praying to God. I ask you, before you begin to pray, do, a, do you do a self-check on your spirit? See, because some of our prayers can't even make it up to the throne because they got all type of filth on them. They got all type of self-righteousness on your prayers and it stinks to God. It's like P-U. It's not that sweet smelling praise and worship prayer that Jesus used to pray when it comes up to his nose. Now it has a stench to it. There's a self-righteousness. His heart wasn't right. He's, he's glad that he's not like this person. Or he's glad he's not in that situation. Or he's glad that that ain't happening to him. Or, oh, man, I'm, I'm glad I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't like that person. You know, some of us talk like this sometimes. A self-righteousness about us. It's in all of us. It's in all of us. That's why we got to be constantly in prayer, asking God to deliver us from that. We can go a couple of weeks with reading our word and we can start becoming self-righteous. It's so easy to do it. It's so easy to sneak up on us. And then in verse 12, he said, I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. This is a good Christian to me. This is somebody you will say, hey, this person is committed to God. They tithe. They tithe. And they fast twice a week. Oh, they definitely committed. Yeah, they are. They are definitely anointed. <laughs> You know, we throw that word out to anybody. Everybody anointed, especially if they can sing. If they can sing, they anointed in these days. <laughs> yeah. But this person, he's definitely anointed. Come on, man. He fasts twice a week and he giving a tenth. 
I barely get 2%. This person giving a 10th. Come on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. God has definitely called him. Yeah, God has definitely called that brother. Well, I don't know. Let's keep reading. Let's see what God got to say. Because looks can be deceiving. See, man looks at the outer, outer appearance. See, man looks at gifts. <laughs> oh, thank you, God. Yo, man looks at the gift of a man. And that's how he measure to see if he's right with God. How he, how she or he uh, do they give. If it gave them butterflies. If it made them say, <laughs> they anointed, they gifted. Let's keep on reading though. Verse 13, let this word hit your heart. That hard heart of yours. Let this word be a hammer tonight and let it hit your heart and begin to chisel off all that hardness around your heart. It's tough, but we need it. We need it to be prepared. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dare not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Ooh. Mm. That, 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 I get it. See, when you've been stripped by God, when God has been, when you've seen the holiness of God, when you've seen the glory of God, when you've seen the perfection of God, when you begin to meditate on his word day and night, it makes you not want to even lift up your eyes. I get it. I get what he's saying right now. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. He said, I, I can't even lift up my eyes to you, man. I'm really, I, I'm really don't even want to come close to the throne right now. <laughs> Cause I know what my thought life been like. Yeah. I know how I've been judgingly secretly in my mind. I know how I've been cussing people out in my mind. I know how I've been disrespectful to my spouses. I know how I've been disrespectful to my kids. I know how I've not been honoring my boss. So it, it makes me not even want to step to your throne. I'm going to pray from a distance. This Pharisee dared. How dare you think you can come close to his throne like that? Because you fast twice a week. How dare you think that, Pharisee? How dare you think that you can step to his throne because you give 10? It is an honor that you you can be, you're able to fast twice a week. You're not doing God any favor. That's an honor. That is a gift to you that you're able to fast and able to hear the word of God. That is a gift to you that you're able to give. You're not give, doing God any favors by giving him 10%. That is a gift to you, Pharisee. See, we think when we do these things, even, even me right now, getting on the voice right now, getting on here, this ain't no, uh, this ain't, I'm not doing God any favor. He has a little uh, child in a womb that he can raise up and do this for him. But this helps us. He's inviting us into his kingdom. 
I'm glad you accepted the opportunity. But this tax collector, not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. You ever been there in your life? Where you just, you, you see your sinner ways. You ever been there in your life? You see the, the disgust of your lifestyle. You know it's not pleasing to God. You know it doesn't align to his word. But there's something still in you, right? That still want to talk to him. There's this desire that's been in you since years and years and years that even when you're in the pigstown of, of your life, you still want to just talk to him. This tax collector said, I, I, I know I'm not doing right. I know I'm cheating on my job. I'm scheming. I'm, I'm, I'm a tax collector. I'm making extra on the side, but, 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 but I still want to talk to you, God. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow. You see? Sorrow. That's the start of a repentance lifestyle. Sorrow. Sorrow. If you're not sorry about your lifestyle, it's going to be hard for you to repent. See, self-righteous people... They don't feel sorry about their lifestyle. They feel like they're good. I'm a good person. When you hear that, understand it's going to be hard for that person to repent. They're, they're banking on how good they are. And I'm here to tell you that there is none good but one. That's none good. I'm, I'm sorry I have to pop your religious bubble. I'm sorry I got to pop your self-righteous bubble, but you're not good. You're not. I know that stings. I'm sorry, but you're not. Let this word talk to you for a minute. Saying, oh God, be merciful to me. Listen at the first words that he asked God to do. Mm. Um, here's a, here, we're getting a, a very deep insight on what our prayer life should sound like. Look at the first thing that he asked God to do he's he be merciful to me yeah see oh man whoo i understand i really get that that's when that's when you know that you have seen the holiness of god god be merciful to me yeah, yeah, I'm not worried about the job right now. Uh, I'm not worried. I'll talk to you later about that, God. I'm not worried about uh, being married right now. I'm not worried about my relationships right now. I'm not worried about money right now. I'm not worried about a house right now. I'm not worried about these investments and business plan. I'm not worried about that right now. I get that at the end of this prayer. But right now, before we begin to even talk, because I don't want I don't want to come to you just thinking I'm I got it all together, God. 
can you be merciful to me? Yeah, because I know in your word it say I should love thee with all thy heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. And I'm going to be real with you, God. I know I haven't been doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So can I ask you before we begin, can you show mercy for me? Yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to make it through this prayer. Mm. Oh, see, when when your mind is 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 in that that atmosphere, when you're aware that you might even not make it through a prayer. Mm. Oof. Come on, God, talk to us. I say when you understand you may not even make it to, through a prayer, you're in the right position. Yeah, you're in the right place where you need to be. Your mind is in the right. You're aware. You're aware that you can't even control a heartbeat. See, some of y'all need to get to the point in your life that you understand that you can't even control a heartbeat. Bum, 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 bum. Right now, your heart is beating because mercy is on your life. Your heart is not beating because you fasted two weeks. Your heart is not beating because you know how to preach. Your heart is not beating because you have such a profound ministry. Your heart is beating like that because you have mercy on your life right now. The mercies of God is covering your life. Thank him for it right now. I'm going to give you a couple of seconds. Wherever you at. All the ATL people, thank God for his mercy. All the San Antonio people, thank God for his mercy. All the H-Town people, thank God for his mercy. All the Belgian people, thank God for his mercy. All the Iowa people, thank God for his uh, mercy. Third Ward, South Park, Home Clark, Hersheywood, Texas. Hey, I need you to thank God for his mercy. Southwest, B. Sinet, corporate. I need you to thank God for his mercy. When? Right now. There's no better time than right now. We still at verse 13. He said, oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I'm a sinner. My job title don't mean nothing when I come in your prison. It don't mean nothing right now. I don't care about that. I'm a sinner. My title in the church don't mean nothing right now. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner, God. My nature sins against you, God. Can you have mercy on me? Please. Just have mercy on me. Even as I listen to this word, God, I'm a sinner. <laughs> Even as I preach this word, I'm a sinner. Oh, man, come on. I, we, I, we are trying to get aware. Once we can be aware of where we really at, I think that's when we can start changing lives. But we are not aware of where we are at. We still thinking we are in certain places in life because of where we're at according to this world or according to what people say about us. Let me say that again. We think we are in certain places according to what people think or say about us. Who cares what they think? <laughs> who cares? Like who really cares what humans thinks? You have a heart just like me. Why do I care about what you think about me? 
Your heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Why do I care what you think? That shows that I'm not aware of where I'm at in life. It shows if I care about your comments, it shows that I'm not aware of who God is. I'm hitting y'all in the chest right now. Yeah, I'm coming straight for your throat tonight. Mm-hmm. Because I want us to be aware. I want us to be really woke. Yeah, I, I really want us to be woke. How can you say that you're woke and don't believe that you're a sinner? The first step of being woke is understanding that you are a sinner. The first step of being woke is understanding that your heart is deceitfully wicked. That's when I know that you are woke. That's when I know that you know who you are. You know thyself. You saying you know thyself because you uh, read a, a chakra book. You saying you know thyself because you took some pictures by the pyramid in Africa. You saying you know thyself because you tying your head in some type of rap with African prints. That's why you saying you woke. When I hear that, I, all I see is that you're in a deep sleep. And I don't bother to try to wake you. Because you're in a deep, you're in a coma right now. You're in a coma. See, that's the bad. See, that's that self-righteous place that is going to be hard to talk to those type of people. Let's keep on uh, reading. 14. I tell you this, sinner, not the Pharisee return home justified before God. So that person who was fasting twice a week. That person who gave they 10% who was so self-righteous about that. Not now. Let me say this. I don't want you to think that it's bad to do those things. This person had a motive, though. Check your motives of why you're doing those things. Thank you, God, for allowing me to uh, say that to people. Thank you, God. So, yeah. God want me to say it's not bad to uh, tithe and it's not bad to fast twice a week. And it's not bad to go to the temple. But what is your motive behind that? Okay. Do you think that that's going to uh, gain you favor with God or you think that's going to make you more righteous with God? But uh, uh, as the scripture is saying, that person who was doing those things, he didn't go home justified by God. That sinner went home justified. Why? Because he was aware of who he was compared to a holy God. 
See, stop. I need you. People of God, let's be aware of who he is compared to God. That is our standard. Nothing else. I'm not trying to measure up to anything else in his word, in this world, but to God. That's what I'm aware of. And I want you to know when you begin to live your life, not just say these things, but begin to live your life according to that principle. You'll be justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humble. This is a simple word, very easy to understand. Those who think that they're all of that, God is basically saying, I'm going to humble you. And I can humble you with a twisted ankle. I can humble you with a hangnail. Mm-hmm. See, God can humble you with so how you, you I, I, I don't want to deal with somebody who can humble me with nature. I said that before. I don't want to humble some uh deal with somebody who can humble me with my own body. I'm not finna play with somebody like that. God can humble you with a toothache. <laughs> that, that's who we deal it with. So he said, if you want to go ahead and exalt yourself and think you're high and mighty and better than everybody, I'm going to go ahead and show you what it is. And then he said, and those who are humble themselves will be exalted. This is easy. This is OK. So you want to be exalted, right? I'm, hey, that's all. That's in all of us. Who we get that from? We get that from our daddy. Yeah, we get we want to be exalted. We want to be, uh, you know, lifted up. That's in our DNA. That's not bad. God said, well, I show you if you want to be exalted, humble yourself. Stay low to the ground because that fall won't be too uh, long. See, when, that, hey, that's one thing God taught me. Let me give y'all these. I'm for real, for real. Listen to this and pass this on to your kids. When you stay low to the ground, when you fall, it's not that long. It's very short. It's quick. Because you wasn't high. You feel me? So I always stay low to the ground. And then when you fall, can't nobody see you. <laughs> Come on, God. Talk to us. Talk to us. Yeah. He say it's those when they get so high and mighty. That's why everybody see they downfall. Because they exalted themselves. And I'm going to let everybody see them fall, too. But those who hide themselves, where hide themselves where to the ground. Matter of fact, don't hide yourself to the ground. Hide yourself to the underground. What underground? The place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Hide yourself underground, and I promise you, when you fall, nobody ain't gonna see you. God got you covered. I got you covered. I guarantee you, there's some people on here listening to this word of God. You have been falling nonstop. And ain't nobody know. <laughs> you better, you better thank God right now for covering you. Don't nobody know. <laughs> God got you covered. Why? Because you low to the ground. Ain't nobody see you slipping. 
You feel me? And that's why we got to be careful when we talk about people when they in a spotlight or, you know, they get they they got their own, um, they trials they going through. Be careful how you speak on people like that, man. You better just be thankful that you low to the ground and don't nobody see your stuff, okay? Hey, let's keep it going. Let's keep it moving, moving and grooving. I want to get, I want to get done with this stuff, okay? Let me see. Hope y'all doing all right, man. See what's going on right here. Do 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 do. All right, let's go to John eight. Hey, do me a favor. Somebody in the uh sec, uh comment section, go ahead and let me know if you hear me good. Can you do that for me? You mind doing that for me? Take your nutty professor finger and type in if you hear me good. Yeah. Do that for me. We hear you good. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Appreciate that. Yeah. Go to John 8. I want to talk about, uh, real quick, I want to talk about uh, people with, some of y'all got some daddy issues. Yeah. Your daddy haven't been taking care of you. You say, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm going to let y'all know. Your daddy really been out here leaving you hanging. And when I say that, because I want you to know, the devil got children too. And according to the way you living and how you looking, the devil ain't been paying child support on your life. <laughs> so I'm going to need you to go ahead and fight, fill out this application for adoption. Because uh, the devil has not been treating his kids right out here. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk to you for a minute. Oh, my God. He has not been. Uh, I mean, look, yes, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you, Antho, from uh, San Antonio. He out here looking wrecked, busted, and disgusted. Where your daddy at? Huh? That's your, you worshiping him? You know what I'm saying? That's your daddy? Why he ain't taking care of his kids? Oh my God. Mm-mm. So to hopefully after this, y'all are able to go to the uh Department of Service, you know, CPS, and see if y'all can get a uh adoption uh, papers going. Yeah. Cause uh he ain't taking care of y'all good. He hasn't did nothing for y'all since y'all got uh since y'all was born by him. We're going to start at verse 31, John 8 and verse 31. He says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, right? You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachers. This is easy. Another easy saying by Jesus. Something that, hey, it's not uh, hard to understand. It's not all deep. He just telling us, look, this is how you know you're my disciples. If you remain faithful to my teachings in the word of God, you don't throw off my teachings. You don't say, oh, oh man, that's just that's just man rules and all that type of stuff. No, he said, if you are my disciples, you will remain faithful to my teachings. Have you been remaining faithful to his teachings, believer? Do a quick self-check real quick on yourself. Don't look at nobody else. Don't think about nobody else. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to that heart right now. 
I'm talking to that stony, hard, gravel, rock heart of yours that I'm trying to chisel away with this hammer, this hammer, which is the word of God. Is that you? Have you been faithful to the teachings of God? And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is how you would know the truth. Remaining faithful to his teachings. This is how you become free. By remaining faithful to his teachings. Oh, man, this is this is so good right here. So easy. Thank you for making it easy for us, God. Thank you, God, for not making it complicated. Thank you, God. We got people out here making it too complicated for us. God, they talking about sow a seed here and sow here, and then you can reap this and all this, all this phony stuff. God just say, look, 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 make it simple. Make it childlike. So God say, you want to be free? Get faithful to my teaching. You in bondage to sin? God say, remain faithful to my uh, teaching, and you'll be free. Okay, God. Okay, okay. I can, I can deal with that, God. That's it. He said, yeah, 33, but we are descendants of Abraham's, they say. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will, set, uh, you will be set free? So these people are banking. They like, the, uh, again, the Pharisees. They banking on a uh, relationship with Abraham, not understanding the man in front of him, in front of them is the person you need to have relationship with. You still banking on because you go to your grandma church. You still banking on because you go to your auntie church. Mm -mm, that's that's not going to cut it. What you mean? Cut that out is what you need to do, but that's not going to cut it. Don't nobody care you go to that church. Don't nobody care you know the bishop. So? I just want to say that to anybody who out here thinking because they know bishop. I know the bishop. I know the apostle. I don't care. What does that got to do with uh, being free? Name me one apostle who can set you free like Jesus can. Name me one bishop who can set you free like Jesus can. Name me one preacher who can set you free like Jesus can. I mean, set your soul free. Set your mind free. Name me one credit reporter who can set you free like Jesus can. Name me one. Welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? I'm just a voice of one calling out saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you're just joining us, we're in John chapter eight and we're at verse 34. Thanks for coming out tonight. But name me one person who can set you free like that. Name me one person. I mean, really say, I mean, you be out here chilling because you so free. Everybody's stressing about all these type of things and you are out here just free, carefree. Only one person can do that. And that's Jesus. I'm here to testify that too. Yeah, I can testify to that. Yeah, I can't testify about money. I can't testify about the market. I can't testify about investments. I can't testify about a lot of things that this world got to offer. But what I can testify is that he will set your mind so free. Mm, 
Mm-mm. That it will it is it, past human understanding. Humans will look at you like he out. What is wrong with him? He never worried. She never worried. What's wrong with him? Because I'm set free. That's why I'm set free from everything that you are trying to put me in bondage to. Away with all that. Verse thirty four. Jesus replied, "I tell you the truth. Everyone who sinned." is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. If Jesus set you free, you are truly free. If you have been delivered by demons, you are truly delivered. Go and sin no more. I mean, you have been set free. And what we ought to start doing is really throwing parties and celebrating people who have been set free. Instead of throwing divorce parties. I heard that the, this uh, somebody told me about that. People out here throwing divorce parties. You need to throw I'm set free from sin party. I've been delivered from fornication. I've been delivered from homosexuality. I've been delivered from uh, bitterness. I've been delivered from unforgiveness. How about we celebrate them type of things? I've been delivered from adultery. Those type of, I've been delivered from drugs. I've been delivered from alcohol. Who set you free of that? And I need you to say his name, Jesus did. He set you free of that, man. He set you free of that woman of God. 37. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham. And yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. There's, there's people right now listening because this is going all out over the world. There's people right now listening that you have a certain murdering spirit in your heart when you hear the word. You wish I would shut up right now. Why? Because there's no room in your heart. You have so much in your heart right now. You have so much of this world in your heart right now. You have so much of lust in your heart right now that you have no room for the word of God. It's time for you to do some uh, self-check. It's time for you to do some inventory. If you don't have any room for the word of God to rest, not just be there on Sunday. I'm talking about to rest, not just pay a visit every once in a while, not just pay a visit with a scripture every once in a while. But if you don't have a room in your heart where God can rest, it's time for you to do some inventory, believe it. And don't look, don't think about nobody else right now. Don't look at nobody else right now. I'm talking to the hearts of the people who are listening to this word. God gave you the desire. Gave, God gave you the will. God gave you uh, the how to the be here tonight. Because he wanted you to hear this word. He's talking to you. Are you making room in your hearts to hear my word? Because he wants you to understand it's not going to always be available like it is. 
Yeah, some of us just think this word is just going to be available all the time to us. It's not. Don't take his word for granted. When there's any place when God wants to speak to you, hey, don't take it for granted, believer. Listen to the word of God. Okay. Verse 38, I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declare. No, Jesus replied. If you were really the children of Abraham, you will follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth. Ain't that the truth? People would try to kill you for telling them the truth. They would try to assassinate you for telling, assassinate your character. They assassinate the relationship you have with them. When you start telling people the truth, oof, it's a scary business to be in. In, in verse 40, he said, instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth. That's why we got people who are scared to tell the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. God said, you got a real father. They replied, we are illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. And Jesus backed up. See, oh man, Jesus was so quick with it, witty with it. Every time they had a, a, a reply, he had something to say. He knew what to say. Why? Because he was deep grounded in his word. Whatever came out of him was just truth. When he spoke, it was just truth. So whatever he did say, it was just going to be truth. See, when you at that level, when, when you just speaking, it's just true. You don't have to figure out a verse. You don't have to figure out, oh, what was that verse? It's just when you talk, <laughs> you have a certain ambience about you. When you talk, you have a certain aura about you that is grounded in truth. Whatever you say is just truth. That's how the people of God got to be. When we speak, they know, oh, it's true. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Come on. That's what I want for us. We, when we speak, it's just, hey, whenever we give advice, they know, take that to the bank. I need to do what this person just told me. That's what Jesus had. That's what Jesus had, man. In verse 42, Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. If God is your father, you will love Jesus. That's simple. Uh, that is so simple right there. God say, if you, if, if, if I'm your, because, you know, God got kids everywhere, according to the world. God loves the little children all over the world. But God said, if you really my children, you'll love my son, Jesus. How can you hate Jesus but say you're a child of God? Simple. Verse 43. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? I'm talking, oh, thank you, God. Why can't y'all understand what I'm saying right now? Because I know it's, it's confusing a lot of y'all right now. Yeah, it's confusing some hearts right now. 
you really can't understand that because the world been teaching you that we are God's children. You grew up in that uh that 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 mindset. But Jesus say, why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. Yeah, you spiritually deaf to what I'm saying right now. You tone deaf to what I'm saying right now. You fumble into what I'm saying right now. You 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 getting antsy to what I'm saying right now. You getting distracted to what I'm saying right now. Because you don't want to hear those type of truth. For you, verse 44, for you are the children of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things he does. So the devil got children. So stop telling me we are God's children. Stop telling me that lie. How can you know that they are God's children? He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth. They always hated the truth. What's the truth? Jesus. Because there's no truth in him, in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. They love lies. The children of the devil, they love lies. And they hate when we talk about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. You'll start to see who are the children of the devil. Be prepared, by the way. <laughs> Sorry to warn you. Be prepared. When you start talking about the word, look at the spirit of them. When you start talking about the word, you'll see. Who the children of the devil is. It's so simple. It's so easy. It's so easy to see. God has given us the sermon like never before. If you want to accept it, if you want to really walk in it, God is pouring out the sermon like never before right now. I mean, all you got to do is just ask for it. And God, I mean, he'll open up the heavens of discernment for you if you're asking for it. If you're asking for spiritual things like that, children of God, ask for discernment. I mean, you'll see it. Who the children of the devil? But I want to, uh, real quick, before we move on to one more last topic. The children of the devil. Your daddy ain't taking care of a lot of y'all. Y'all daddy ain't taking care of y'all. Y'all out here looking busted and disgusted. He ain't paying some of y'all rent. He ain't paying some of y'all car notes. According to Matthew chapter four, he out here offering kingdoms to people. He out, out here offering glory to people. Why your daddy ain't offering you none of that? You a whole bastard out here. That's what you do. You need to take the devil to child support court. Why are you worrying about your... <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all need to take the devil to child support. Y'all quick to do that. Yeah, well, y'all need to take the devil to child support court. Because... And he out here uh, doing y'all bad. Y'all haven't received no payments from the devil in all y'all life. He ain't got y'all no inheritance. He ain't leaving y'all no life insurance. Come on, man. And y'all steady out here uh, worshiping him like that. I would disown my daddy and I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself up for adoption. 
right now. That's what I want to do. I want to call everybody who want to disown a real father, which is the devil. And I want you to put yourself up for adoption and accept Jesus Christ so you can get a real father and he can show you what a real father like. He been like, your daddy been lying to you. He been telling you about to come up for the last. <laughs> he been telling you, your daddy been telling you since you was 20, you about to make it. <laughs> And you still haven't made it. Your daddy been telling you he gonna get you a house, and you still haven't got. He still haven't bought you that house yet. Your daddy been telling you you about to make. Hey, hey, you about to make some money this year. Your daddy lying to you. I'm sorry to tell you that. It's time to be put up for adoption. Okay, one more. Uh, let's go to uh, First King twenty one. Sorry, I had to talk about y'all uh, daddy like that. But I had to put him on blast. I mean, I know this culture love putting daddies on blast, right? Mm. So I just went on and put y'all daddy on blast. Ain't no good daddy. It's so late. <laughs> Not y'all's. First King 21. First King 21. Let's end off with Ahab and your girl Jezebel. Yeah, let's end off with your girl, with your girl Jezebel. Let's see what she been up to. And let's see what the boy Ahab been up to. So when we read this and when we uh dive into this, I want to see ask yourself, are you an Ahab? Ask yourself that. Am I Ahab? Do I got Ahab? Do I got Ahab qualities? Am I Jezebel? Do I act like, ask yourself that. First King 21, now we all know about your girl Jezebel. We know what she do, you know what I'm saying? If you don't know, go ahead and do a study about your girl. You know what I'm saying? And then if you don't know about Ahab, uh, go ahead and do a study about her. Hey, if uh, you just joining us, welcome to the underground, a place where to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? I'm just a voice of one calling out saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey, the underground got some new uh material out there, man. Y'all check it out, man. A couple of new materials, and we're gonna keep putting it out there, man. We we got uh material all the way back like, like since last year. So we just gonna keep pushing it and hopefully it gets to the right people, hopefully it gets to the hearts of the people so we can get change in our lives. All right, so verse 21. Now there was a man named Naboth from uh Jezreel who owned a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of King Ahab of Samir. So your, your boy Naboth, he had like a little, uh, a vineyard, a, a garden, you know what I'm saying? He had watermelons and oranges and apples and strawberries. Oh my. He had all those type of things, right? He may have had a couple of other things up in that vineyard too, if you get what I'm saying. But he had this by uh, King Ahab's you feel me? Uh, palace. So King Ahab looking out his window like, yo, that's a nice vineyard. I like that. You know, covenant other people things. You see the spirit of Ahab covenant other people, wanting what other people got. You the king and you covenant other people things? Why are you not satisfied yet? Why are you not content yet? Hmm? I asked somebody that tonight. 
why are you not content yet? Why are you still covenant other people's things? You got a little Ahab spirit in you. God then gave you a nice palace, but you still on Instagram covenant other people's things? God then gave you a nice position, but you still covenant other people's things, Ahab? Let that person be. But he's lusting after this man's vineyard. So one day Ahab said to your boy Naboth, since your vineyard is so convenient to my palace, I would like to buy it to use as a vegetable garden. Then he said, I will give you a better vineyard in exchange, or if you prefer, I will pay you for it. So he's trying to, you know, he's gaming him right now. He's trying to get up on him. He's trying to uh, offer him money. Then he go try to say, I give you a better vineyard. Your boy Naboth saying, what you mean a better vineyard? I like my vineyard now. Don't try to come over here manipulating me, thinking you can offer me something better, Ahab. Keep what you got. I don't need what you got. The grass ain't always, oh, literally, the grass ain't always on that other side, Ahab. I like my vineyard. So take your little money and take your little offer and go on ahead and walk back to your little palace, Ahab. Yeah, he's going to try to come to your boy neighbor talking about, hey, man, I can uh, offer you a better one in exchange. I can for you. Man, if you don't go on about your business, man. But verse three, but your boy neighbor, he replied, he said, look, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance that was passed down from my ancestors. Neighbor basically telling him, hey, money can't buy what God then gave me. Yeah, you can't put a price on what God has given me. You can't put a price on this anointing God has given me. Yeah, I won't be sold. I won't be bought to the highest bidder. God forbid that I do that. I forbid that I sell my soul because you offer me something better. I forbid that I sell my soul because you offer me some money. You offer me a position. You offer me a certain vineyard yard or a certain house or all these type of nuggets and tricks and schemes. Your boy Naboth said, I forbid. Do you have a spirit like Naboth? I hope I'm saying that, uh, his name right. If I'm not, I'm sorry, Naboth, if I'm messing up your name, player. But God forbid. Do you have a spirit like that? That you can tell somebody who's trying to window you up out of your blessing that God forbid. Man of God, can you tell that woman who's trying to get you up out of your marriage? God forbid. Woman of God, can you tell that man who's trying to get you up out of your marriage, up out of your vineyard yard that God has placed you in? God forbid. God forbid. You got to have that spirit of Naboth. All right, so Ahab, your boy Ahab, right? So when he told him that, he went home angry. Because of Naboth's answer. The king went to his bed with his face to the wall and refused to eat. So basically he went home pouting. Because he had one setback in his life. Let's talk to the man. 
Let's talk to the man right now. Is this how you get? When you have a couple setbacks in life? Do you go home pouting? Do you take that spirit inside your home? Because you had some rejections in your life. Things are not going your way. Are you going home uh, sad and don't want to eat the food people cook for you? You got a little attitude. That's how your boy Ahab went home. He went home with a whole attitude. Went home sassy. Swinging his hips through the door. Slamming those. Slamming uh, uh, refrigerator doors. Slamming cabinets. Because he somebody said no to him. Somebody rejected him. He not getting his way. He, re he rebellious now. He want to get on Instagram and make some videos now. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He want to talk down on people now because he not his way. He calling out. He exposing people now because he not getting his way. He want to bring up old stuff now because he not getting his way. Ahab. You got an Ahab spirit, bro. You got to take care of that. So, yeah, that's what happened. So he went home and then he refused to eat. I don't want to eat. I'm, I don't want to eat. I'm good. Jezebel probably looking at him. Boy, I didn't cook this food for you. What you mean you good? You feel me? So verse five. And this is how Ahab's be wanting, by the way. I'm just, just a little quick. What's the matter? <laughs> That's all Ahabs be want. They want somebody to say, what's the matter? They still got that baby spirit in them. They still want, they still want a mom. What's the matter, Ahab? What's wrong with my, what's wrong with mama's baby? What's wrong with Jezebel's baby? <laughs> See, let me tell you something too. Ahabs, y'all like getting with people who treat you like your mama did. Oh my God. Hey, I'm trying to break generational curses right now. I hope y'all listening. The spirit of God trying to really break curses. Ahabs like getting with those type of women who can ask them all the time, what's the matter, baby? <laughs> oh, I'm having fun. That's what his wife Jezebel asked him. Do your wife got to always say, player, do your girl or your wife got to always ask you what's the matter? You ain't never happy? What's going on? Come on, cuz. Come on, dog. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, that's not her, that's not her responsibility. I'm going to say this again. That's not her responsibility to keep asking you what's wrong. That is your wife, not your third. That is your wife, not your counselor, not your mama. Let's get it together, Ahab. If something is the matter with you, take that to God. If you feeling rejected, take that to God, bro. 
every time you come through the door, somebody asking you what's the matter, then you have a problem. Let's get it together. So anyways, so Jezebel asked, so she said, made you so upset eating. <laughs> oh, it, it, man, the word is so much, it comes a lot. So she like, uh, what's wrong with you uh, that you're not eating my food? She really, look, she really don't care about him being mad. She mad. Why is he not eating my food? <laughs> That's what she mad at. She really ain't typical, you know what I'm saying? Because you know how it is. They really ain't trying to care about what you got going on. You know what I'm saying? Jezebels really don't care about what you really got going on. They in for themselves. So it's all about the Jezebel. That spirit is all about themselves. So she's only asking because she's like, wait a minute. Uh-uh. You, why are you not eating my food? You feel me? So, and so uh, Ahab, he replied back. Look how he replied back, y'all, in verse 6. In verse 6. Real quick. Somebody take their nutty professor finger. Somebody take their Uncle Phil finger from the Fresh Prince of... Somebody take their uh, Carl Winslow finger. And let me know if you can hear me good. Let me know if you can hear me good. Real quick. Can you hear me good? Just let me know real quick in the chat and I'm gonna keep on going. Cause I, I don't like to just keep going and you can't hear me. Can y'all hear me good? Okay, okay, appreciate that, appreciate that. All right, so in verse six, this is how he replied. He said, I asked Nabar, just, just, I, I, I picture him sounding out sassy because the way he even said this, he, I asked Naboth to sell me his vineyard or trade it, but he refused. Look at him gossiping, being messy. I had asked them, I had asked, man, first of all, Ahab, you need to handle that business between you and a, uh, Naboth. Don't bring your wife into this, bro. That's, that's a man. That's between you and that other man. You know what I'm saying? But look, your girl Jezebel, she got a plan. Listen, let me tell you something. When you are in, 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 in a relationship with a Jezebel, understand she's going to use your weaknesses for her purpose, for his purpose, because it can be some male Jezebels too. I don't want to put that on a gender. That's a spirit. So don't, I'm not putting this on just a gender. It is a spirit. But I want you to see your weaknesses are going to be used for the Jezebel's purpose. So don't be uh, misunderstood and think, them asking you, how you doing? What's the matter? How can I help? You think they're doing it because they're so into you. No, they're going to use that for a purpose. That's why you need discernment. So she was able to get that up out of him. Oh, Jezebel cold. She cold. That's cold right there. See, she was able to get that up out of him. Okay, what happened? So he didn't want to sell you the... Okay, okay, okay. Now, already she's she's plotting. 
okay, this vineyard look good. Okay, that will look good for me. What can I get out of this vineyard? So she finna plan. He bought the plan. Verse seven. She said, are you, are you the king of Israel or not? Jezebel demanded. Get up and eat something and don't worry about it. I'll get you the uh, Nabat's vineyard. You see how she talking now? I mean, oh, she's first of all, she's so cold. Know how to uh know how to encourage you. Right? Because you don't know how to encourage yourself in the Lord. Let me say that again. She know how to encourage you because you don't know how to encourage yourself in the Lord. And she encouraged you for a little bit. That's cool. That's cool. She that's her purpose. You know, okay, I encourage him, but best believe I encourage her, but best believe I'm doing that for a purpose. My encouragement comes with a, a purpose. It's a plan behind me encouraging you. It's a plan of me complimenting you. Oh my gosh. Come on, man. I need y'all to hear this. There's a plan for me complimenting you. Ahab. Since you don't want to take leadership, I'm going to go ahead and use your weaknesses for my advantages. Yeah, since you want to be in that uh, depressed, always crying spirit. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and use that to my advantage. See, while you out there, Ahab, don't have a purpose, I want you to know Jezebel got one. Yeah, I know we talk down on Jezebel, but at least she got purpose. Ooh, <laughs> at least she got a vision. Yeah. Talk down all you want on her. She got vision. What yours at, man of God? What yours at, woman of God? Yeah, she got vision, though. Yeah. Yeah, there's a perk. When she speak, there's a reason why she's speaking. There's a reason why she go compliment you right there. Boom, she hit you with a compliment. Yeah, let me go on ahead and tell him he, his hair could look good. <laughs> Let me go ahead and tell him he looking he looking bigger. <laughs> let me let me go ahead and tell her I like your new hairstyle. Let me tell her she losing weight real quick. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. I'm talking to somebody right now. You in this situation right now. That's why it's, that's why you listening so intensely. Mhm. Yeah, I'm talking to somebody. Somebody in this world needs to hear this. Somebody in this world needs to share this, man. All right, so let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. We ain't never left. But, uh, okay. Oh, I want y'all to see this part, though, real quick. Um, in verse uh, seven, she said, are you the king of Israel or not? Jezebel demanded. Look, I can just, when they said Jezebel demanded, I can tell she's shaking that head. You know what I'm saying? Probably got a hand on her hips, letting it be known. And she said, get up and eat something. And don't worry about it. I used to hear this so much. God had brought this to my team. I used to hear this so much when I was growing up. I hear like my aunties or my mama's on the phone telling a man, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about picking the key. I'll do it. Don't worry about it. I'll I, I take care of it. Don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Bye. Don't worry about it. When, when you start hearing the women or a man tell you that, just know they losing respect for you. Don't worry about it. 
No, don't worry. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Don't worry. Go ahead. Do what you got to do. Don't worry about it. I do it. And that's what basically Jezebel told Ahab. I get you the vineyard. You see her wordplay? She say, I get you. I get you. But that's that she really getting that vineyard for herself. But she added you in it. It's, her wordplay is so cold, man. Oh my God, it's so cold. You, you, she added that family value. She added that little you in it to make him think, oh, does she really care? She, okay, he really cares about me. He said we, oui. he's speaking French now. We, oui, we, oui. nah, there's a plan. There's a purpose. So anyway, so she wrote a letters in Ahab's name. Look at her scheming. Look at her. She already scheming and plotting. So she wrote a little uh, letter in Ahab's name, sealed them with his seal. So she, uh, you know, stealing. I don't know what she's doing. And sent them to the elders and the other leaders of the town where Naboth lived. I want you to know, look, she got connections. I, what I really want us to see also is that she on top of her game. So why are you not on top of your game? Believer. She know the leaders of the town. Talk down on all you, but she know the leaders of the town. She got connections with the leaders. They know her. At your job, do the leaders know you? In your community, do the leaders know you? In your neighborhood, wherever you at, do the leaders know you though? Have you made an impact? She obviously made an impact that she's able to send letters. She obviously have made an impact on King Ahab. She made it to the king. I, don't, I want us to see this as a, see, we can always learn from these characters. Every character, bad or good, learn from them. Learn from them. I see a lot of us talk down on, on our presidents, on our leaders. Stop talking down and learn from them. They obviously got there for a reason. Yeah, you don't like them, but how did they get that leadership? They have some characteristics about them that you can learn from, them, but you're so full of hate in your heart, you can't even learn. You're so blinded by racism. You're so blinded by hate and bitterness. You can't learn from leaders. Learn from these people. Jezebel had, she had some type of characteristic about her. She has some type of influence where she's able to talk to the leaders. So go talk to your leaders. Okay. And so in the letter, she commanded, look at her. Commanding. Commanding. I know God gave you some authority too, believe. You can command some things too. You can command that mountain to be removed. How you been doing with that? Jezebel out here commanding. Why are you not? 
call the citizens together for a time of fasting and give Naboth a place of honor. Jezebel has the power to call a fast. Do y'all hear this? Talk about authority. Your lifestyle has to be have so much authority on it that you can get a group of people together and call a fast. Because this is what we're up against. I want y'all to see our enemy for what it is. I want y'all to see. And why we out here losing. Because we have no authority on our lives. Don't hate Jezebel. Don't hate the player, hate the game. She got authority to call a fast. Mm. Verse 10, and then sit two scoundrels across from him who will accuse him of cursing God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. She got power to put people to death. Verse 11, so the elders and other town leaders followed the instructions Jezebel had written in the letter. So the elders and the other town leaders, elders, leaders, followed the instructions Jezebel had written. The elders and the leaders follow the instructions that Jezebel has written. Look at our society. Who instructions do you think they follow? Verse 12. They called for a fast and put Naboth at the prominent place before the people. Then the two scrounders came and sat down across from him, and they accused Naboth before all the people, saying, He cursed God and the king. So he was dragged outside the town and stoned to death. The town leaders then sent word to Jezebel. The town leaders sent word to Jezebel. The town leaders answering to Jezebel. Authority. Authority. And I want you to know, though, woman of God, man of God, you can have that same authority. Will people at your job come to you and ask questions? What do you think about this? What should we do? We can have that same authority in our communities. We can have that same authority in our nation and people coming to asking what we should do. When our lifestyles begin to match, though. See, our lifestyle has to have authority to call people out, to tell people they need to change. But our lifestyles is lacking that. Let's keep going, though. I'm almost finished, y'all. The town leaders then sent word to Jezebel. Naboth has been stoned to death. When Jezebel heard the news, she said to Ahab, you know that vineyard neighbor wouldn't sell you? 
Well, you can have it now. He's dead. I want y'all to also see how she doesn't procrastinate. When she said she was going to do something, she did it. When she had a vision, she took care, wrong or right. But look at the characteristic trait so y'all can see what our enemy is doing. When she had a vision and when she said she was going to do something, she did it. She told Ahab, I'm going to get that vineyard for you. And guess what? In verse 15, she manifested. Woman of God, man of God, them words that you're speaking, are you manifesting it though? Or are you just lip service? She said, well, you can have it now. I see why Ahab was up under doing whatever she said. I see. She was about her business. She was about her business. Are you about your business, though? She had people following her instructions. Why? Because she was about that business. Kingdom people, are you about that business? Are you just talking? See, this is how you get disciples. That's all we've seen right here. Jezebel had disciples. And you too can have disciples when you're really about that business. When you say something, it happens. Oh, I'm going to start this. It happens. Oh, I'm going to do this. It happens. It happens. Man. So Ahab immediately went down to the vineyard of Naboth to claim it. I know we live in this generation where they're telling us claiming and naming and naming and claiming. <laughs> well, I want y'all to know that's what Jezebel and them doing. Claiming it. And we out here doing what exactly? Hey, man, uh, I hope y'all, you know, learn something from this. Ahab's, uh, stop coming home angry and crying, like for real. They ain't, Jezebel ain't trying to hear that, dog. Yeah, they ain't trying to hear all that. Hey, uh, listen, you need to go to God. All you Ahab's out there, go to God. They not trying to be your doctor. They not trying to be your savior. They, they don't care about none of that. They want you to take them out to eat. That's how I really, they, they really, they only asking, how you doing? How you day? Okay, that's cool. Uh, but they really ain't trying to hear about your day like that. I'm just being real. They not built for that. And it's not bad. They not built for all that pressure and all that complaining and all that whining. They're women. So stop complaining and casting your cares upon them. The, the word of God said, cast your cares upon me for I care for you like that, son. Don't cast it on your wife. Don't cast it on your girlfriend. She don't care about what happened to you when you was eight years old. She don't care. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to tell you that she doesn't care. She wants to go out to eat. She wants to go see the new movie. 
and she wants to go on a trip. She doesn't care about why your daddy wasn't there when you were six or whatever. He didn't come to your basketball game. So what? She doesn't care. How do her hair look? <laughs> she just doesn't care. And I need us man to understand it's okay. It's okay that she doesn't care. It doesn't make her a bad person. It makes her human. That's it. So a lot of us, I'm speaking this because a lot of us are being mad because they don't care about certain things that they're not built to care about. They care about nurturing their newborn babies and, you know, getting the house together and, and making sure the Garden of Eden looks right. She don't want to hear about what you got going on at work and what, who said this. She don't care. <sighs> Okay. And hey, women of God, stop talking to him like he your girlfriend. He don't care. He wants to watch the game. <laughs> I know I'm just having fun with y'all, man. Cause why? Because it's the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Hey, who was I, man? I was just the voice of one calling out saying repent. I'm just the voice, y'all. This body, this shell that I'm in, it's going to fade away. People go forget about me. I'm going to be long gone into eternity. But this voice here is still going to be yelling out, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The underground. I love y'all. Y'all be safe.